I was an interesting kid growing up. I was shy, but I loved being the center of attention. If you put me in a space to perform, I light up. I loved being on stage, loved acting, loved being in different contests. I loved winning. But once the attention was off of me, I shut down. I enjoyed being around my friends, but I never really felt like most people understood me. I was told that I talked too white and too gay so often that it made me have a warped idea of what black people were supposed to sound like for years. Peer pressure wasn't a thing for me. And while many people assumed that that was a blessing, it wasn't. And I speak of this often. Not going along to get along often left me out in the wilderness, alone. And kids are cruel. So I learned to enjoy my own company from a very early age. It saddened me that I felt so disposable to people, but I never thought of doing things others did just so that they'd like me. As the years went on, I always celebrated being different, and I did my best to pour into those who also seemed different. Though I often battled my horrible habit of judging others whilst letting them know that I saw them as well. I never quite knew how to pour into others and to save enough for me too. A friend of mine who you'll actually hear on this episode of the podcast mentioned the idea of an overflow to me during one of our conversations. The overflow being what you reserve for others so that you're never truly depleted. My overflow existed in my 20s to my mid-30s. I still walked proudly in my individuality, but the little boy who just wanted people to like him has never truly felt seen. So I constantly give and give and give of myself without having that overflow. And for years, I've given every drop of myself. I do it because I may not like most people, that is my truth, but I love people so, so much. I want people to feel happy, to feel seen, to feel loved. I want them to always feel it with no stipulations. I want this for them because I've always felt like people liked me, loved me, saw me, with stipulations. Who I truly am has never been enough for people. Who I genuinely am has always made people eventually recoil. At least it feels that way to me. On the flip side, my decision to never cave to peer pressure has left me slowly removing myself from people emotionally and mentally even to this day. I sometimes think working in mental health could be the biggest dark blessing I've ever received. It provided me with a chance to work in my passion, but it also is a book that once you open, you can't close. I've analyzed everyone I've met since I was a kid, and as an adult, it's worse. So if people aren't leaving my life for reasons I eventually have to make up in my head, as no one ever gives me a reason... I slowly move away from them mentally and emotionally because whatever their issues are, I feel will eventually consume me. The little kid who just wants to be liked 
is finally learning to make peace with the fact that he doesn't have to be liked by people, and that his lack of boundaries has been a blessing and harmful to him all at the same time. So I close my eyes, and I lay back, and I welcome a new chapter. As I celebrate five years of this podcast with this episode, I want to really tap into what it means to heal. We've shared many stories from people on this podcast, but I want to really get into the deepness of what it means to remove all the things that hold us back. I want us to be raw, to be bare and exposed, to see who we are on the other side of shedding our shame and embracing the full truth of who we are. I've championed people being different my entire life, and over the past few years I've allowed the voices that have told me to conform to make me make myself smaller, to be controlled. I started to battle against myself and even deny my positivity. I get to be an overly positive yogi and an asshole Scorpio all at the same time. I don't have to let the world force me into being the latter, and I don't have to bury the former. I get to be my full self, because the kid who grew into a man and still just wants to be liked by others is finally learning that I like me. I love me. And that will always and has always been enough. My name is Raven Akundayo, and I'm healing. Let's heal together. Welcome to The Healing Space, black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there is more than one way to heal. And I am your host, Sensei Raven Akundayo, CLC. December 2021. December 2021 was the last episode of THS Podcast. This, this is September 2022. It has almost been one year since the misfits all came together to heal. And a lot has happened. So first, happy belated New Year. Happy Juneteenth, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all that other stuff. I'm going to get into my check-in, but I also want to know how 2022 has been faring for all of you. So reply back to me. Let me know how you've been. You can leave a comment under this podcast or DM me on IG or Facebook, whatever. I just like to hear from you, see how you've all been. Let's go ahead and get to the check-in now. So a lot has happened since December 2021, as stated earlier. I want to first say that the Healing Space podcast is no longer on Spotify and probably won't ever be again. However, when one podcast platform's doors close, others open. So we are now on Audible and Amazon Music. So by year's end, Spotify will more than likely be the only place you can't find the Healing Space podcast. So I don't want to draw this out. Because the truth is, it could take me about an hour just to talk to you all about what life has been like for me in 2022. 
But I'll just start off with the most important thing. I'm still here. For those of you who have been on my mental health journey with me the last couple of years, it has not been easy. In February of 2022, I packed up my things into my SUV and left Atlanta after five years for Washington, D.C. I felt like my life in ATL had come to an end, and outside of my beautiful partner and my small circle of friends, I didn't have a reason to be there anymore. My partner felt like his story wasn't done. And what I love about the two of us is that we were okay with knowing that we'd have to do long distance in order for both of us to be happy. Neither of us had to compromise our happiness, our joy for the other. Our level of trust and understanding let us know that even states away we'd be okay. And I'm pleased to say we have been. This remains the healthiest romantic relationship I've ever known. And I'm thankful for him every single day. My time in D.C. hasn't been easy at all. I love where I live, meaning my neighborhood, meaning my apartment building. I'm happy to be working in public health. I'm happy to be back in the DMV with my family, and now I'm close to all of my best friends in Baltimore and NYC too. I even work with two of my closest friends. But I haven't been happy And a big part of that is because of what I mentioned earlier. This lack of boundaries. This need to show up for others even when it means I have nothing else to give. So much, so much, excuse me, has happened this year. And only about two weeks ago did I finally reach a point where I started to rise up out of the muck and mire I was drowning in. I'm learning how to set healthy boundaries now. And while the way I set these boundaries may not look how others do, I can feel a difference in my spirit. I'm recording this on September 21st, 2022. Tomorrow is the autumnal equinox. The five-year anniversary of THS falls on the first day of autumn. I am a fall baby, and something happens to me around this time. I get a surge of creative energy, and beautiful things bloom from it. My magazine, my open mic, this podcast, my wellness brand, all of these things were created in autumn. I don't just feel my happiness. I'm tapping into my joy at the root of it all right now. The fall does that for me. So I started off this year determined to transition into something amazing. I entered the spring with absolute joy. The summer snatched all of my happiness away, told my joy to go back into the root. And in the fall, I rise from the ashes of that death a better person. This check-in is my way of telling you all that we may feel defeated often. But the universe will always conspire in your favor if you operate from a place of genuine sincerity, honesty, and kindness. Do not let the bad times define your journey. Mix those lessons with your blessings and conquer every obstacle in your way. Most importantly, remember not to compare yourself to others. Your journey is uniquely yours. 
Get where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. It's your journey. It won't move on without you. So on this episode, I am honored to be joined by both Araya Baker and Daryl Taylor. Now, my conversation with Daryl took place months ago. The Couch, which all of you know is my segment where I answer questions from all of you in the Misfit universe, was recorded with Araya even further away than my conversation with Daryl. <laughs> there have been many moments where I was supposed to record this podcast and put it out for all of you to hear. It wasn't supposed to finally happen during the anniversary of the podcast. But for many reasons, more often than not having to do with my mental health, it didn't see the light of day until now. But I believe very much that everything, everything happens for a reason. And this was supposed to take place now. So I hope that you all enjoy my conversation with Daryl Taylor. We talk about astrology. We talk about the Myers-Briggs test. We go over all of that with you. And we also talk about the beauty in being uniquely you. And how it's okay to stand out from everyone else. And to not feel ashamed to know that about you. We are uniquely different. And we don't have to conform. Enjoy. So, Misfits, uh, this episode has been um, focusing heavily on who we are, uh, the journey of the year of transitions. And uh, yeah, I want to welcome back one of my brothers, one of my dear, dear friends. You all heard him on the very last episode that we recorded of the podcast back in December. Uh, my brother, Daryl, is back with us. What's good, bro? I'm all good. How are you? I'm good, Mr. D. Taylor. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. Uh, of course, as all of the misfits know, you are the host of Keep Firing Podcast. So before we get into what our particular conversation is about, what's been going on with Keep Firing this year? Um, Keep Firing has been steadily progressing. I think that we've um, had some really great conversations. Um, one of the things that I've committed to as of late has been um, doing more um, mini episodes, which I call quick fires. Mm -hmm. And they are four to six minute um, episodes that are just focused on one topic, one um, phrase or word. Um, so within the past month, I focused on defense mechanisms. And the, the thing I like most about it is that I um, heard from someone, somebody told me a long time ago that often you learn best by teaching. Yeah. And so it's been an experience where as I'm learning about certain things, mental health related, I'm sharing that with our audience. Mm -hmm. So I did one on deflection. I did one on displacement. I did one on a, on a um, word called uh, sublimation, um, mm -hmm. a concept called sublimation. Um, I did one recently that's coming out um, soon on um, stonewalling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, you know, I'm just I'm having a really good time going through these different topics and, you know, looking up the definition of a certain um, a certain concept, reading that to the audience and then, 
you know, kind of doing a deep dive on what it actually means. And so I guess the point is, I want the um, the podcast to become um, even more, because I, I was going to say a lot more, but I would just say even more um, uh, informative than it already is. You know, we get a lot of great feedback. And so I want to um, to lean more into the educational piece of it. And I'm really, um, I'm really enjoying that. I enjoyed the, uh, the conversation that we had on um, conflict resolution, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying, that sort of thing. You know, so I want to lean more into that type of stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So if people want to be able to walk with Keep Firing, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, um, we are most active on Instagram. So you can follow at Just Keep Firing. And the episodes themselves are available on, on uh, available on Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, I have to admit that I haven't been as consistent with posting on YouTube for a couple different reasons, but there are still, you know, a lot of great clips and full episodes and full conversations on um, YouTube. So if you haven't already, you can go back and look at some older um, episodes and conversations and clips on YouTube. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So to get into our particular conversation with this episode being about the year of transitions, Often with transitions comes evolution, or so we would hope. So I want to have a conversation about who are you, meaning who are we? And I know for me, who I was at the beginning of 2022 is not who I am right now as we're having this conversation. And throughout the course of our life, as I said, prayerfully, all of us have experienced varying levels of evolution. So I have three particular things I wanted to touch on from our Myers-Briggs test to our astrological signs, because Daryl and I both happen to be cusp babies, um, as well as religion and um, our journey spiritually. So I wanted to tap into those because I think a lot of those, a lot of those things play a part in who we are and how we've evolved over time. Uh, I often get into conversations with people about astrology, especially those who don't really believe in it, who are like, you know, that's not who I am and things of that nature. But I think oftentimes we don't take into consideration that what you read doesn't always have to be who you are now. It could have been you at a different part of your, of your life, you know. Um, so when you look at the totem of Scorpio, there are different levels of who you are as a Scorpio. And who I may have been when I was 21 isn't necessarily who I am at 42. So I just find those things to be intriguing. So, uh, Miss Fist, this is going to be more of a conversation than an interview of things or things of that nature. Daryl's too much family for us to be doing interviews anymore. <laughs> He's been <laughs> on here too many times, and you know, there's a whole show that we do together monthly. So, yeah. So the first thing I wanted to touch on was our Myers Briggs test. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Daryl and I actually, before we started recording, just took it again. So I wanted to ask Daryl to go first. So if you could let us know what your Myers-Briggs is, and if you could just read like a quick detail about it. Yep. So, yep. So you got to give me a minute because I um, had it emailed to me. Okay. And so um, my personality type says defender um, and it's ISFJ-T. Mm -hmm. um so um it says traits introverted 55 percent observant 77 percent feeling 60 percent judging 58 percent turbulent 61 percent um it says role is sentinel which i don't actually know what that means um and strategy is constant 
improvement, which makes a whole lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it also says your world is about to make, oh, okay, no, this is different. So that's done something different. Um, maybe if I go to where, oh, I might've closed it out already. I wanted to um, be able to read more about what it's, okay, it says view your profile page. Oh no, that's something different. Did you want more than that? Because I'm trying to find oh, like no, more no, of no. a breakdown. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. So if um if while I'm talking, if you find anything that you think speaks and you know the misfits would be more interested in, by all means you can read it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the next thing I wanted you to go into is how much of that do you think is a part of who you used to be, who you are now? Like, do you have any you know opposing views as far as what they've stated? Does a lot of it make sense? I guess it depends on what they mean because um the because um. One says judging 58%. And I don't know what they, I don't know what the context is of being 58% judging. Um, Is that like based on how I go about like work, how I deal with people? Like it just, I guess it just depends on what it means. Um, Feeling it says 60%, which I think is about, is a little low for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But at the same time, um, you know, there's a heavy part of me that is very intuitive and does go based on how I feel. But then there's another part of me that is very logical at the same time. Um, yeah. It just kind of depends on the situation. So I guess that's why I can understand it being 60% feeling because I lean a bit more to how I feel than, you know, um, going based on, you know, um, what I what I'm like studying and thinking and the knowledge that I'm bringing in that sort of thing so that makes a lot of sense to me so I mean with me just looking at it now I would have to kind of sit with it for a second to um kind of make a comparison as to you know whether it you know it's um reflective of me now versus you know how I may have seen myself in the past but a good bit of it is me completely just understanding what they mean by some of those things like so it says 61 percent turbulent like so what does that indicate and that's why i'm kind of just looking for some more detail on it so but i I believe that there's a lot of accuracy in it i I will say that there's nothing that i like completely disagree with on the percentages alone i'll say that and you say yours was what again uh it says defender and it says isfjt so i did just find something else where it goes into Defender strengths and weaknesses. So for strengths, it says supportive, reliable, observant, enthusiastic, hardworking, good practical skills. I, I'm, I'm with all that. Yeah. And then it says um, defender weaknesses, overly humble, taking things personally, repressing their feelings, not at all, um, overcommitted. I, there's been some, I've, I've, I've done that before. Um Reluctant to change, eh, maybe in some ways, mm-hmm. um, and uh, too altruistic. Defenders' giving generous nature can leave them vulnerable to being taken advantage of by others. I yeah, I've I've been that. Um, so yeah, so I'm 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 now I'm, I'm I've clicked on a link and I'm kind of drilling in some more, and it goes into um, romantic relationships, and it's a lot of explanations that may take a while to um to go through, but. There's, yeah. there's some good stuff in it. Okay, good. 
All right. So the reason why I told Daryl that I was excited, which is so funny, I've used the word excited so much in 2022 <laughs> as someone who is often admitted that I'm not a very excitable person. Um, that's looked very different for me on 20, 2022. But I was excited to talk about this when he mentioned to me what his uh, Myers-Briggs was. So he, he is ISFJ. And that is what I used to be. And I was going to use ISFJ today. But for whatever reason, when Daryl made the comment about it's been a long time since he took it, so he wasn't sure what he would be now that hit me because it never it never dawned on me that it may not even be the same thing anymore so i decided and i didn't tell daryl but i was taking it at the exact same time as him there were points where we were literally on the exact same question and i was no longer isfj <laughs> so daryl already informed you misfits of what isfj is so there's no reason for me to read it over again but after taking it it now tells me that I am INFJ. INFJ is the advocate. So I went from being the defender to the advocate. And it explains that the advocate is someone with the introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging personality traits. They tend to approach life with deep thoughtfulness and imagination, their inner vision, personal values, and a quiet principled version of humanism guide them in all things. So, uh, the strengths and weaknesses. So with strengths and strength and weaknesses, we have uh, the strengths, creative, insightful, principled, passionate, and altruistic. And for weaknesses, we have sensitive to criticism. That is true. Reluctant to opening up. That is not true at all. <laughs> it is a matter of fact, Sometimes I get annoyed with how easy it is for me to open up to people. Um, they often say that Scorpios aren't supposed to be that way. And I'm like, maybe that's my Sagittarius. I don't know. But it's very easy for me to open up and talk way too much to people about my business. Um, they, off, they also have perfect, perfectionistic, which is true. Avoiding the ordinary. So I want to read that because I had a question about what that meant is that advocate, um, advocates yearn to do extraordinary things with their lives, but it's hard to achieve anything extraordinary without breaking it down into small manageable steps. Unless they translate their dreams into everyday routines and to-do lists, advocates may struggle to turn their grand visions into reality. And that is true for me. Mm -hmm. um, prone to burnout, advocates, perfectionism, and reserve, and reserve leave, leave them with few options for letting off steam. People with their personality type can exhaust themselves if they don't balance their drive and help others with necessary self-care and rest. And I think that anyone who's listening to this knows how true that is because mm -hmm. it's July and we're having the very first episode of the podcast. <laughs> right. So yeah. that is very, very true. Um, I'm attempting to go back. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, um, I, I because you just um, read your introduction, I wanted to go back because I did find a good, you know, introduction for Defenders and it might be more helpful than what I said earlier on. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, in their unassuming, understated way, Defenders help make the world go round. Hardworking and devoted um, people with this personality type feel a deep sense of responsibility to those around them. Hello. Um, defenders <laughs> can be counted on to meet deadlines 
remember birthdays and special occasions, uphold traditions, and shower their loved ones with gestures of care and support. But they, they rarely demand recognition for all that they do, preferring instead to operate behind the scenes. This is a capable, can-do personality type with a wealth of versatile gifts. Though sensitive and caring, defendants also have excellent analytical abilities and an eye for detail. And despite their reserve, they tend to have well tend to have well-developed people skills and robust social relationships. Defenders are truly more than the sum of their parts, and their varied strengths shine in even the most ordinary aspects of their daily lives. So I just wanted to go back and read that. Well, shoot! If you're gonna read the introduction, <laughs> because what I read wasn't the introduction. That was, oh, the, okay. that was the Google blurb. So oh, I'm my gonna- bad. No, you good. I, I didn't want to read it because I didn't want you to be like that long-winded ass. But now, see, I want to read my nails. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's very true. And I love that, you know, you and I have both been ISFJ because I can see that for both of us. And mm-hmm. I can definitely see that for you. There are points in the introduction that you just read that I was like, that's absolutely Daryl. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was dead on. Um Okay, so for uh, you had read the percentages, so I'll do that really quick. Uh, personality type for the advocate. Uh, for me, it was introverted, fifty-eight percent; intuitive, fifty-four percent; feeling, seventy-seven percent; judging, sixty-four percent; and turbulent, fifty-six percent. The role is the diplomat, um, and strategy is constant improvement. I feel like you. I want to read more. Uh, I want to read up more on the turbulent thing. Mm-hmm to get a better understanding of that. Um, Really quickly, the introduction. Advocates may be the rarest personality type of all, but they certainly leave their mark on the world. Idealistic in principle, they aren't content to coast through life. They wanna stand up and make a difference. For advocate personalities, success doesn't come from money or status, but from seeking fulfillment, helping others, and being a force for good in the world. While they have lofty goals and ambitions, advocates shouldn't be mistaken for idle dreamers. People with this personality type care about integrity and they're rarely satisfied until they've done what they know to be right. Conscientious to the core, they move through life with a clear sense of their values and they aim never to lose sight of what truly matters, not according to other people or society at large, but according to their own wisdom and intuition. Okay. So yeah, in reading that, I mean, I think that they're pretty on point for both of us. Yeah. And I did find um, sentinel. So it's it's a sentinel, a person or thing that watches or stands as if watching a soldier stationed as a guard to challenge all comers and prevent a surprise attack. And it says to stand um, sentinel. So it kind of goes hand in hand with um, defender. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was something that Daryl told me earlier, a story that he told me about someone that he cares for. And in hearing this, I'm like, yeah. That's it. That's absolutely yeah. you, the defender. That was literally what I was called to do. <laughs> literally. Literally. I love that. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I asked Daryl to go first when it came to uh, Myers-Briggs. So I'll go first with the next one, which we're going to talk about astrology. So with us being uh, cuspians, I'm going to start off with Scorpio really quick. So the brief little blurb on Google says, Scorpios are extremely deep and emotional people and are intense in all things they do. They're natural leaders and can be very serious. Scorpio is one of the most interesting signs because of their intensity. And there are some key Scorpio characteristics to be aware of that make them stand apart. 
So that was just the blurb. Mm -hmm. um, for Sagittarius, what the blurb is, as a Sagittarius values independence and the ability to do what they want, when they want, above all else. They are adventurers, risk takers, and have a sharp business and uh, sports mentality. Sagittarius natives are known for their emotional intelligence, which, help, which helps them connect with others. All right, so we can just do our blurbs really quickly and then kind of do more of a deep dive as far as us personally. Okay. Um, so let's see. Um, so where should I get it from? Just uh, so in Google, what kind I of person? In, uh, Sagittarius personality. And okay. then it, the blurb was like right at the top. Okay, got it. All right. So, all right. So I start with um, Aries. So along with being creative and very imaginative, they are very kind and sympathetic. Aries natives are very punctual and keep everything well planned. They love being sorted when it comes to planning um, with everything that makes them great. Their faithfulness and honest is what makes their personality remarkable. I guess it, that should say honesty. Mm -hmm. um, and so Taurus personality, um, Tauruses have a regal quality about them. They are graceful and diligent laborers they can be stubborn, bullheaded, and set in their ways, but they also they are also great listeners and very dependable. Taurus can absolutely go on forever. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not sure how you feel because uh, okay for for the misfits, my birthday is the 19th of November, and when is yours, bro? Uh, the 20th of April. Yeah, so we are what would be considered the first and second day of the cusp. So we, I would lean more Scorpio, he would lean more Aries, but we have the cusp of the other two signs. So for me, as I've gotten older, bro, I've realized that I have taken on more and more of my Sagittarius side. Mm -hmm. So when reading about Sagittarius, it says, we value independence and the ability in, in the ability to do what we want when we want above all else. Mm -hmm. And that's very much who I've become more and more as I've gotten older, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there are certain Scorpio traits that I think I still hold on to, but you know, when you talk about uh, being an ambivert, so instead of, you know, being uh, extrovert, introvert, you can be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I really, think that that's who I am. I believe mm -hmm. that I am an ambivert. And it's only because like, I, I love being alone. I really do. And when we were taking the Myers-Briggs test, that's one of the things that, you know, I was clicking completely agree on. Like, <laughs> I would rather be alone than to be around other people. But with okay. that being said, like there's something we're doing for my organization now where at the end of the July, we're going to be uh, going out and speaking with people about the studies that we're doing in our research department. And I was going to be the one getting on stage and talking to everybody. When it comes to that, and I mean, you know, because Daryl has seen me host my open mic. When I get in front of people, all of that goes away. I mm -hmm. love performing, you know? So it's that interesting balance of the two. And I really think as I've gotten older, I've tapped more into the need for adventure, which is sad. They need to travel, which is sad. But very much not being held down and being able to do what I want whenever I feel like doing it. Um, so I, I definitely can see how I tap into the cusp side of who I am. So have mm -hmm. you felt that way as well when it comes to being an Aries and tapping into the Taurus? Yes, side? I have felt that way. But here's the interesting thing. Um, mm -hmm. 
So um, I have never been one, and, and Raven um, knows this, but um, I was never like super into astrology. Um, and the only time that astrology would come up in my life, and I think that a lot of people have this experience, is when people peg you with the negative traits of your sign. And so it's like, oh yeah, you're definitely a bop, 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 bop. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I always identified with Taurus because number one, you know, I never did for a long time, I never did an actual chart. And um, people would always talk about, you know, my stubbornness and, you know, all that other stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're definitely a Taurus. And when I would look up certain things about April 20th, it would say April 20th is Taurus. So I never really even went into any detail about Aries at all. So, um, you know, for the longest time, that was the one thing that I held on to was the stubbornness, you know, side or the stubborn side of, you know, a Taurus. And so what I looked at just now, um, it says uh, one of the things in Google is what is the attitude of an Aries? And it says like their fellow fire signs, Leo and Sagittarius, Aries is a passionate, motivated and confident leader who builds community with their cheerful disposition and relentless determination. Uncomplicated and direct in their approach, they often get frustrated by exhaustive details and unnecessary nuances. Like that is me full fucking stop, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like like at, in this moment that I'm in right now, like that could not describe me any better you know what i'm saying like i am full-fledged in my leadership mode my passionate mode being motivated building community i've been hiring so many people yeah. and i have this whole community of resources that i've been you know working with in my in my daily work and so it's like all aries you know what i'm saying and so it's like my grounded practical nature and everything is still very present from my taurus but yeah. I have leaned so far into my Aries as of late. Yeah. And that is something that's that's new for me, you know. I love that. I love it. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, you said that with your chest. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I had to say it for impact because it's so real. You know, it's so real. <laughs> what, what it said at the very end is very, very true about me. It made me think about my my partner. It made me think about quite a few people in my life that are, well, a lot of Libras, actually, which is funny. Mm -hmm. um, they naturally love to ask questions. Lots of questions, needing really, really detailed things. That gets on my nerves. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't, I don't need all the extra shit. Like, just yeah. tell me what it is that I need to know. And bam, I'm off to the races. Like yeah. the longer you get into talking and asking questions and breaking things down. And I always tell people, I'm like, when I interview people, you know, I'm like for a podcast, I interview people and ask them questions anyway. Also mm -hmm. as a life coach, I'm needing to ask questions to assist you. Well, according to the client, because some people want to more so talk to you than having you ask questions, mm -hmm. but you know, needing to get information from people. So that's something that I do in different areas of my profession. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I need to do when I'm having regular conversation with people is to be asking all types of questions all the time. So when you said that, that spoke to me at the end of that. Like, yeah, come on, let's get to the big picture. I'm ready to yeah. just get done. Um, yeah. I love that, I love that. So what are some of the, the negatives that fit the sign, but don't necessarily fit you in this moment of who you are now? Okay, so let's... um. Go into some of these negative areas. 
Okay. All right. Oh, so very first one. Um, <laughs> so it says Aries negative um, traits. They behave reckless very often. Not me at all. Mm -hmm. um, they are very impatient in more than one way. I'm actually really patient. Um, I'm trying to think of ways that I'm impatient. I have to think about that. Um, they are very intolerant about so many things. I got to think about that. They are very <laughs> short-tempered. I have been short-tempered. I'm working on that. Um, they often behave very selfish. There, there's, there, there's something that can go along with that. They need validation a lot and are known as attention seekers. I wouldn't consider myself attention seekers, but I have been one who needs validation. Yeah. Um, being too competitive brings them harm. Um, okay. So, yeah, I don't really identify with very much of that at all yeah um and um there's an additional thing that came up it says here's some negative traits about the of, of the zodiac insensitive aries are usually insensitive when it comes to understanding other people's emotions short-tempered aries are one of the most short-tempered signs out there impatient so the same things controlling and stubborn um so yeah i, I can you know i can uh concede on a couple of those but most of them I don't really I don't really identify with as a primary negative trait of mine at all, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at Taurus. So that's this is probably where it'll <laughs> Okay, here we go. All right. Taurus. <laughs> let's do it. Uh Taurus can be stubborn. They can get stuck in the rut. Hello. When Taurus is mad, the bull will charge. Hello. They can be indulgent with food, drink, and money. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Um, Taurus is vain. Um, I don't know about that one. Taurus uh, people can be slaves to their senses and bodily urges. Eh, I, don't know, eh, I don't know about that one. And they always have to be right. Okay. You know, so, you know, if I, if I would concede to any list, it would be, it would be the Taurus. Be and that kind of speaks to what I was saying before as yeah. to why I would identify as Taurus, because people would look at the negative traits and say that's you, you know. Which I think is so intriguing because we're opposites. So what mm -hmm. our main sign is supposed to be, we're opposites. Like I read Scorpio and I read Sag. And I can admit that I'm very much the majority of the negative traits I'll read about Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Very few when it comes to Sag. So I'll read Sag because that's the one that I don't see as much. So some of the negative traits of Sag, I won't read them all. Um, Short-tempered. Sagittarius are sp spontaneous. And while this is an excellent quality to have, it can often lead them to react uh, to situations impulsively. I am not an impulsive person. Um, mm -hmm. The most short-tempered you'll get out of me is probably when I'm driving, and Daryl mm -hmm. knows that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, they say clumsy. No, that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, arrogant. I don't think that's me. Reckless, inconsistent, overconfident, emotionally cold, blunt. I don't really think any of those fit me. Mm -hmm. um, negative Scorpio traits. Now, I can admit to a lot of these. This mm -hmm. one I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Jealous. Okay. Scorpios are one of the most jealous and possessive signs in the Zodiac. That's not me anymore, but it was okay. me when I was younger. Um, cunning. A Scorpio is a mastermind behind uh, every mischief. I am cunning. I can admit <laughs> that. 
um, mm -hmm. manipulative. I am still somebody who's capable of being very manipulative, uh, ruthless. I don't know if that one's true. Mm -hmm. um, re revengeful, I grew out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. But I can very much say that I am a Scorpio where, you know, they always complain about, I even had somebody say, say to me this weekend about Scorpios, that they could do something to you in July of 2022, meaning the other person. Uh, and in uh, April of 2030, a Scorpio will come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> very true. It is. We do yeah. not forget. They call us the elephants of the Zodiac. We do not yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so next we have uh, trust issues. Yes, I do. Um, secretive, that's very true. Um, I don't know what spendthrifts mean. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, and insensitive. I don't think that I'm an insensitive person, but I do believe I'm capable of it. I do. Mm -hmm. um, and to go to the Sagittari Sagittarius side of me, I've been such a selfless person for most of my life that I can't lie and say that I've often wished that I could be cold. I have. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to be very, you know, distant and cold. And when I was younger and had my magazine and when people would compare me to Miranda Priestley from Devil Wears Prada, I took it as a compliment. I was like, <laughs> really? You think that I'm cold like that? Wow, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely agree more with a lot of the negative traits of, uh, of Scorpio and understanding that those can definitely be true. Um, one of the things that I've appreciated about Scorpio, and I've said this to Daryl, is that we're the one side that has a totem. So we can kind of look at, you know, the different levels of who we've been and, you know, can kind of see where we were and where we are now. And that totem is uh, base level Scorpio, the eagle, and then what they call the dove and the phoenix. And when you reach Dove and the Phoenix level, that's when you're more of a spiritual person, you know, um, and when it's more about healing and less about being angry and vengeful. Uh, so I want to use that to transition to the next thing is when, when I speak of spirituality and that's religion. So I wanted to kind of tap into that and kind of tell a story of who we were growing up to who we are now in regards to religion. So with the last one, I started with astrology. So we could begin with you as far as your journey. Just kind of talking about what your faith means to you, um, how it showed up for you as a child and teenager and where it is now as a man. Yeah, so um, for me, I'm definitely one of those kids that, um, or I was one of those kids that grew up going to church. Um, mm -hmm. So I, had, I grew up um, in a Baptist um, family. Um, and so, you know, I was baptized, you know, as a child and, you know, went to church, you know, very often vacation Bible school, Sunday school, that sort of thing. Um, the interesting thing about, um, I guess, well, that's a kind of a separate topic from actual religion, but it's like, while, um, while I went to church very often, I didn't grow up in one of those churchy, churchy like households or families where there's a lot of judgment and fire and brimstone and that sort of yeah, thing it's yeah. completely separating ourselves from people that aren't like us you know what i mean like i didn't grow up in that type of religious household but yeah. we were church going you know family mm -hmm. um so that was always a thing um once i once i um, became an adult as a lot of, you know, people do, I started to kind of pull away a little bit from the church because it's like, you don't have to go, you can make your own decisions, that sort right. of thing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you go start to go through, through some real life stuff. 
and you start to fall back on what you know what you were taught as a child so you kind of return to your faith but yeah. now you've established your own relationship with the higher power as opposed to just going to church because that was what you were told if you can hear my dog barking i appreciate i, I mean i apologize <laughs> um but um but yeah and so at this point um it's interesting i'm i'm i can't i'm i'm have i'm finding it hard to kind of describe where I am right now because I will always believe in a higher power um but you know because of just certain things with just seeing a lot of things behind the scenes and you know just a lot you know you start to kind of pull away from the churchiness of it all um mm -hmm. because you know it, it could just be a lot and you start to once again fall back on just having your own relationship with a higher power and not getting into the weeds of, you know, all the ins and outs of the Bible and this and that. So I've never been like a Bible purist type of person that's, you know, following the word as law and that sort of thing and going into all this scripture. But, you know, but I pray. You yeah. know, and and I, you know, I teach my children how to pray, and you know, I pray with them and things like that. But um, it's not as like strict, mm -hmm. um, and it's never been like super strict. But it's like you know, even more so with me, I'm kind of just navigating things, kind of you know, as I feel led. But it's not like super, you know, orthodox sort of thing. So. Hopefully that all made sense, but, you know, but yeah, you know, once again, Cliff Notes grew up going to church, you know, most Sundays and then establishing my own relationship as an adult and, you know, kind of returning to it, things like that. But now I'm kind of in a somewhat of an in-between stage where, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Have you ever been now? I know you were talking about how you didn't grow up, you know, being uh, in a family that was very strict, you know, like judgmental and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But have you been someone that, you know, kind of, followed scripture very deeply no not super deeply i would i would pull or i would pull out certain scripture when i needed it you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so like even like right now as i sit right now there's a scripture above me on my wall that says you know trust in the lord with all your heart you know from proverbs you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying so it's like you know i would i would pull on scripture not as a means of this is exactly how i need i need to live my day-to-day -day life but more like general principles and themes as it as it pertains to having a relationship with God. You know what I mean? That sort of thing, but not like a very distinctive, well, you know, the Bible says that, you know, right. it's never been like that sort of thing. It's always been like, well, you know, this scripture really speaks to me, that sort of thing. So more of an inspirational thing than a dictatorship. Okay. I like how you put that. I like how you put that. Um, I too grew up Baptist. Um, I often tell people, I think that's kind of a default for black people. <laughs> yeah. um, I grew up Baptist as well. Um, I have been baptized twice. Uh, the very first time was with my family. And the second time was when I got a little older, I was around 11 and um, I was baptized again. And <clears throat> my journey, my family was never really the church going type, which you wouldn't believe now <laughs> because they're they're the complete opposite now around when I was like 12 13 all of that changed and they became uh very very much into their religion um mm -hmm. but when we were younger you know we we understood that we were Baptists, uh but there wasn't really a lot of church going 
Uh, so there was a lot of freedom of understanding and expression that I grew up with. And so around fourth grade, I started going to church. And I tell this story quite often. I started going to church with one of my teachers. Um, it was myself and three other young men that went to school. Uh, she was a white lady. And so we went to a, uh, a church around like off of Martin Luther King in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. and, um, it was a Baptist church, but very, very diverse. And so I was really, really into Christianity then, um, especially because it was something that I was able to do with friends and all that stuff. So it was really cool. Uh, but then she got married and she moved away and we didn't really want to go to that church anymore. She was kind of like our, found, our foundation for being there. So we all pulled away and I decided to start studying different religions, you know, um, and faiths, uh, because of course, Buddhism isn't a religion, but um, I studied uh, Islam and Buddhism. And I, I realized probably like in my early twenties that I just wanted to be a more well-rounded human being when it came to faith. Uh, and I was often put, out, put off by people who weren't like you, you know? Um, when I look at people like you and like my dad and like this amazing woman named Miss Lisa that I used to work with at Global in Baltimore, um, I'm like, it, it's so necessary for us to have really good Christians in this world. Uh, people that do operate out of love, you know, and really wanting to be like how Jesus was <laughs> instead of it just being something you can put on the back of your car, you know? Um, so I give thanks for people like that. And not just in Christianity, but overall, you know, when it comes to religion and faith, people who really do want to walk in a more positive way. So that's what I've attempted to do. You know, when I when people see me, um, everyone just assumes that I'm Buddhist. And I'm like, for me, I like to take all of the best parts of different religions and faiths and operate out of that. I tell people all the time, I want to be like Jesus, you know? But when I say that, I mean it, like, like actually like Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't want to be judgmental. I want to walk with the people that everybody else turns their backs on, you know? I want to do the best I can for humanity. So in that sense, that's where I am now when it comes to my faith. And it's been a journey of, you know, starting off, I'm Christian because I'm told I'm Christian, to being like, okay, well, that's not necessarily who I am. And being given an opportunity by my family, you know, my whole family, well, my immediate family, they're all very deep Christians, you know? Um, like church every Sunday Christians. Uh, you know, my half of my um, immediate family quotes scripture daily, you know, mm -hmm. text messages about all types of stuff as far as Jesus and things of that nature. But I don't get judged for who I am. And the fact that out of all of my immediate family, I'm the one person that isn't Christian, you know? So that's been my journey of just being appreciative that we can all, you know, I have no reason to demonize their faith and what it is that they believe in and everything. It's not necessary. We exist in an era, an area of love. Um, I can say, before I'm done, <laughs> I can say that I do think that it would look different if I didn't believe in God. <laughs> I think if I didn't believe in God, what I'm saying to you about my family might be a very different conversation. So mm -hmm. I can say that. Um, and I can say that I do believe that's unfortunate. I do believe that's unfortunate that love, and not necessarily meaning my family, but I believe, you know, overall, I believe it's unfortunate, not just Christianity, but I mean anything. It could be Islam, if you're Buddhist. If people who you love don't subscribe to what it is that you believe, I mm -hmm. think it's unfortunate 
that you feel as though you can't be around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a deeper, a deeper conversation that goes into that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is how it affects who you are, you know, okay. in the, in the evolution of self, how does your faith show up for you on a day-to-day basis when it comes to the trials and tribulations of what you go through? Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, but the number one way that it shows up for me is just in how I treat people. So I'll just start there, you know, so similar to you, you know, just, you know, moving without judgment and, you know, being able to be in spaces with people that may not, you know, be exactly the same as me, may not have the same beliefs as me. Um, I'm not a person that kind of lives in this dichotomous way where it's like you're either with me or against me. We can find some type of common ground. And there was actually a question on the Myers-Briggs test that was something along those lines. And I can't remember how it was phrased right now. And But either I was like, absolutely or absolutely not. It was either one side or the other. But the main thing is that, you know, I don't have a problem, you know, existing with people that disagree with me or whatever the case may be. Um, So that's the first thing. And then the other thing is that, you know, in order to um, get through a lot of the things that I go through on a daily basis, just having anxiety or just in general, you know, it, it requires me to have a faith in a higher power and just knowing that there's meaning behind things, there's a, a lesson in things, you know, there's something to be gained from whatever I may be going through, that sort of thing. Because it's like, if you don't have something to look something, you know, for everybody it's going to be different, but if you don't have something to look forward to, if you're not able to make sense of things in a certain way, it makes life very, very difficult. If you feel like you're just operating alone and there's no meaning, there's no rhyme or reason, you're just kind of just here and you're just suffering or whatever the case may be. So it's like, you know, when I'm going through hard times, I'm, you know, naturally I'm going to call on my faith or if I'm going through, if I'm experiencing something, amazing i'm going to be grateful and that you know comes back to my faith that i believe that there was a higher power that made that happen and then when i look at just the way that things tend to be you know orchestrated in a certain way it's like there has to be in my mind a higher power that you know put all these puzzle pieces together where it's like you know i'm going to allow him to be introduced to this person and be in this situation which is going to lead to this and it's like it becomes this whole journey and i know some people believe in just you know, fate and things like that in general with no, you know, sense of a higher power. But sometimes things just feel like so well orchestrated that it's like, no, there has to be, you know, a different force that's literally putting these pieces on the chessboard and allowing them to be moved in a certain way. So, you know, so that's the way it shows up for me in good times, you know, you know, being grateful in tough times, you know, having, you know, a, a higher power that I can call on to um, to help me get through it, help me understanding and make meaning out of things. And just to um, kind of be appreciative of the way that things are, are orchestrated, you know, in my life. So <clears throat> the last thing I'm going to ask you, and this is something we both can answer. If Daryl was talking to his younger self, and this literally just came off the top of my head. If Daryl was talking to his younger self, what is something that younger Daryl, in looking at uh, older Daryl, something that you've evolved into that when you were younger, you would have been like, oh, hell no, that's never going to be me. But you and your older self can look back at him and say, little bro, lean into that. Lean into that because it's going to make you a far better person. What would that thing be? 
Wow. <laughs> that is a tough one. If you could give me a moment. So absolutely. What is something that I would encourage the younger Daryl to lean into? That, 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 I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. No, no I was, was going to say that at, at that, at a particular point in your life, knowing your personality and who you were when you were younger to look at who you are now, he would be like, that would never be me. That could never be me, but you're like lean into it because it's going to make you a better person. It's going to help to heal you. Hmm. Lean into it because it's going to help to heal you. Man, it's like I'm. I'm. I think I feel like I'm drawing a blank because I may not know how to. Did you want me to go to phrase it? Yeah, if you could go I, first, I, I, that I would be go helpful. first. Yeah, yeah I'll give you some time to think about it. So for me, and my answer only came as I was asking you. Um, for me, it would be I would tell him that it's okay to lean into your shadow self. Okay because I've spent most of my young adult life feeling as though I needed to be happy all the time. And I was a very depressed kid. So it was like, I would beat myself up because I would be really sad. And I'm like, but you can't be sad. You have to be on all the time, you know? So that's why if you talk to my mom, she would tell you about how as a teenager, I would just go into my room and that's where I would be, you know? Because it was exhausting having to be on all the time. And so I would be depressed and I'd be like, but you can't go around other people, you know, being like this because you got to be on smiles and positivity and peace and love. And I would say over the last maybe, I would say probably in the years that I was in Atlanta, I really learned how to tap into my shadow self and to, you know, really become one with the darker aspects of who I am, because it helped me to embrace all of me. It wasn't something where, you know, embracing my, because when people hear you say embrace your darker self, of course, people get worried and scared and all that stuff. And it's like, no, all of us have a shadow self, all of us. And it's the parts of us that we don't want to tap into, but in not tapping into it, it only makes it worse for us. You feel me? So it's like when you have an opportunity to face it, it can only do better things for you. And I feel like it's made me a more well-rounded human being because I don't feel like I have to always be super positive in peace and love. I get that that's not all of who I am. So I would tell my younger self, like, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be outwardly sad, you know? It's okay to share with people, I'm not perfect. It's cool because no one is, you know? And I think that would have given me an opportunity to let a lot of weight off of who I was and even though I feel as though I had a good childhood, I think it would have been even better if I didn't feel like I needed to be born all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. It actually helped me a lot. Um, and But the interesting thing about mine is that mine isn't restricted to my childhood. Mm. There are things that I carried into, you know, my 30 plus self. Yeah, And yeah, I yeah. still, things that I still even struggle with um you know up until recently and i'm still on my way out of it and i'll tell you what it is one of the hardest things for me has always been being viewed as being different mm -hmm. right where i express myself a certain way and people see it as just being like so different from them and i'm like it's not that different from you and here's why and i'm like literally trying to convince people that 
no, what I'm experiencing is not that much different from what you're experiencing. Um, but what I've come to realize and being viewed differently is that, you know, we all have a, have a light, you know, within us, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I have a certain light that shines in a certain way that is different. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like a lot of times I feel like for, so for instance, this is something I talk to Desiree about all the time, right? It's like, yo, why can't people just leave me the hell alone? You know what I'm saying? It's because I got a hell of a light. Come you know on, what I mean? come on. You know? And that's, that's the truth of it. Like I'm, I'm always the one, if I'm in a group of people, nine times out of 10, I'm going to be the one that's called, that's called on to speak. Whereas other people just get to sit back. They get to be left alone. They get to hide. And they're like, no, you, you grab the microphone, you say something. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, my life. <laughs> it's like, yo, why me? Like, I haven't said anything this whole time. Why are you calling on me? Why, you know, and that's, that's what I don't say. I always step up to the challenge, so I don't say it out loud. But it's like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, why all of these, out of all these people, do you pick me? You know what I mean? Like, so I've spent a whole lot of time in life feeling like the one that's constantly picked on. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But typically the one that's picked on is the one with the brightest light that just can't be denied. And that's why you get picked on in a way and it shows up differently. So it's like, yeah, lean into it. Don't feel like you have to constantly convince people that you're not different. You know what I'm saying? Because there is something different that they see in you, whether for, for better or worse, there's something different that they see in you. But it's like, you know, it's, it's that light. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, even recently, like I said, I've just been leaning a lot more into that. You know what? I'm going to stop trying to explain to everybody why I'm the same as everybody else, because I'm I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and boy. and that's OK. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whoo! Listen, when you first started that off, <laughs> I was like, I want to tell him so bad that he's not like everybody else. But I was like, that's not my place. <laughs> yeah, see, see, but go ahead. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. Because I was, I was even, I was even on a, um, a IG live just last night with, um, with my brother, Nat, the one who was on, on the uh, show with us a couple months ago. Yeah. And he was like, man, they always felt like you was like a unicorn of sorts. And he was trying to basically explain it to me why. And it's like, yo, I don't see myself as being any different than anybody. And I'll be trying to plead with people like, yo, I'm not different. I'm the same. Like, we the same. But it's like, <laughs> no, you're not. You know what I'm saying? My mother has stories from when I was a kid when different people would be like, that, you know, like your oldest son is amazing. He's smart. He's well-mannered. But that younger one, Listen. there's something about him. Listen. And I've been getting that since I was a kid. And I've, I, I never understood it. It's so funny in all the years that I've known you, and especially since we've started talking on Marco Polo damn near daily, we've never had this conversation. Mm -hmm. We and haven't. I'm listening to you right now. And I'm like, the things that we've thought we had in common in the past, I don't know if I've ever felt like we had more in common than right now in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to you talking. I'm like, you're literally speaking my life. Like yeah. I've had people say to me the unicorn thing over and over again. And you, even my mother would look at me and be like, you are so different, you know, so different from everybody else. And that's what I wanted to say to you when you, 
when you kept saying you were trying to tell people that y'all weren't different, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm telling them that. <laughs> like, you, you were nothing like those people. Like, I thought it was when you were saying it, I was like, I think that that's so sweet. You know, that he's saying that because it could work one or two ways. Right. You, you could be saying it for your own healing to not feel like you're alone. But right. you could right. also be saying it to not make them feel like they're different and to make them feel like you're just as special as I am. You feel me? Exactly. But exactly. It's like and this was something that I had to learn. My my mother and uh, my friend Candace, who I was friends with when I was younger, she and uh, my mother and her mother would always tell us. Stop thinking people can't be jealous of y'all. Because we would always mm. be like, that's not realistic. You know, it's like, why would anybody be jealous of us? And then, right. I mean, bro, when I tell you they had to tell us on a regular basis, they were like, but it's true. The two of you have something about you that people will be envious of. And yeah. don't make yourself feel like it's not real because it is. The two of you are special and you just have to accept that. It doesn't mean you have to treat people differently. You know, mm. you don't have to treat people bad because of, how special you are, but understand that you both have a gift. So it's like in listening to you say that, like, when you first started talking, I was like, "You're a damn misfit." Like, I need <laughs> you to understand. Like, you've always been a part of our tribe. Like, real yeah. talk. And as I've gotten to know you more and more over the years, I was like, "No, you are special." Like, seriously, you stand out. You stand yeah. out from people that I know personally. You stand out from strangers that I see on the street. Like, you have a calling. You really do. And that's why I appreciate that you have the faith that you have because you have a calling and he's called on you to do something really, really special. And what I think is beautiful is that in the years that we've gotten closer, I've seen you tap more and more into it. We have conversations where you begin to lean more into doing even newer things with Keep Firing. And those things, I, whoo, I'm not going to get emotional. Those things, I'm sitting here trying to hold it in. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get better. I've done pretty well with the two conversations that I've had less uh, uh, recently, and I haven't broken down. You haven't broken I'm sitting down. here like, <laughs> but I'm like, bro, like I, I always, and I know I've told you, but I say on the podcast all the time, there is nothing like watching your own evolution. Right. But not only is this something, because not everybody witnesses their own growth, but not only that, but it's, oh my God, it says so much when you get to witness the evolution of somebody you love. Yeah. And like when I listen to you talk about the different directions you want to go and keep firing, I'm like, it's breadcrumbs of your greatness. Like literally, it's like you're you're following God's breadcrumbs <laughs> towards something that's going to be immaculate as fuck for you. And I'm like, yeah. I cannot wait to see this shit because it's like he keeps getting these sparks, these sparks of what God's plan is for him. And it's like you go one and then the next and then the next. And I'm like, that's why I, I'm so happy to hear you understand how special you are and that you're not normal and that you're not average. <laughs> you're not like everybody else. That's not your calling. It's not your calling at all. Ooh, yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 And and like I said, I just, I just receive it, you know, 100%. And that's been the hardest thing because, you know, I, I am someone, I've always been someone who's connected with people through relation. So it's mm -hmm. like relations. So it's like, so I'm basically almost fighting against that in order to step into what you're talking about. So it's like, I have to step into, there's just certain parts of me that I can't, you know, that can't be related to by, you know, most people. And it's like, that's hard for me because it's like, no, we, we're the same, let's connect, right. and relate. And you're like, no, you're different. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, 
<laughs> I feel so alone now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, but, you know, but just being in a space for the past, it's almost July now, for like the past nine or 10 months, probably a little bit longer, where I've just been able to connect with so many people in such a different way. And just about all of them have the same response to me, where it's like, you, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, even I was I was in Houston, you know, this week, and um, a woman who I had worked with the last time I was in Houston a couple months ago, she came right in the door. Before, I couldn't even, I was holding the door for her, you know, greeting her, and she wouldn't even hardly come into the door before she said, I just love you. I love what you do. And I'm like, I've been around, I was around this woman once and mm-hmm. i'm like what in the world are you talking about i'm yeah. like thank you you know i pre- come on please come in first yeah. you know what i'm saying just like do you know how much i love what you do do you know how much i love you know how you are and blah 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 i'm i was i spent one day with this woman you know and so it blew me away and she was like i was telling everybody else that no they need to come and see you they need to work with you blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like I rarely, like, even the day that I spent with her, we were with a whole team of other people. So I didn't have that much interaction directly with her. So for her to just come in with all of that outpouring, it was just amazing. But it's like, I've been, I've been getting that a lot, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. So that, that would be my thing. So yeah, that's why I think, I think that's why it was difficult for me because it's not something that was just specific to my childhood. Is something that I carried well into my adulthood, not leaning into. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So this is like literally something that I'm still telling the adult Daryl. You mm-hmm. know. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm not get, I'm not gonna cry today. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, if you notice, I didn't even start talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I've been getting better. I've been getting better. You know, <laughs> my skills, my skills of hosting and interviewing <laughs> to be quiet in that be moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it because my mother was going to get me this morning. I'm like, I'm not letting y'all do this to me. I'm not going to let y'all do this to me. Y'all know how easy it is. I'm not going to let you do it. You know, because she started crying, you know, a little bit. And I'm like, nope. And I'm like, come on, ma. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> but it's like I'm I'm in I'm in a space where and a lot of it is is coming out through my work, but even outside of my work is showing up where it's like I'm I'm leaning into just finding so much joy and being a resource for people in so many different ways. So it's like on a on a personal side, I was a resource for my mother. You know, yeah. she was a, she called on me yesterday and I'm like, come on, let's do this today. You know, I was talking to her yesterday. Are we going to do it tomorrow? You know, and I was able to show up for her in a certain way. And then I have a couple of friends that I was able to show up in a specific way. I'm not going to, you know, tell their personal business, but, you know, just being able to be a, a resource, you know, in a certain way, it just, um, it's really been like, it, it's brought me a whole lot of just happiness, man. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely in a different in a different space right now. It's it's so different, you know. So nice. Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. Absolutely. This has been Absolutely. a great conversation. Yeah, I, you made you you definitely made me think. You know, you definitely made me think. Good. <laughs> yeah, it was the right timing for it. Yes. Oh, I love that. 
Yeah, I love that. Time before. Yeah. There's nothing like somebody being on time. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it was well <laughs> on time. Well on time, man. All right, Misfits. So make sure you all check out Keep Firing. As always, you know, our our brother, uh, our brother podcast. <laughs> and um, we're going to be back with the couch again. Thank you all so much for listening to this conversation, for being on this journey of this episode of the podcast after so much time. I'm definitely happy to be back. All right. We'll be back on the couch. <laughs> So misfits, I'm coming in laughing because my guest and I were like talking for the past half an hour. <laughs> we were supposed to be recording a long time ago, but even though we talk pretty regularly, it's never like verbally. So, you know, when you talk to friends, you all just get into catching up on things that you don't really talk about via text. So um, my guest is somebody that was actually on here when we think about how the podcast hasn't been, you know, we haven't had the episodes all of 2022. His last episode was only two two episodes ago. So yeah, this, <laughs> if you're somebody that's new to THS and you've been listening to the last few episodes, you're very familiar with Araya Baker. Welcome back, my brother. Hey, thanks for How having are me. You, oh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, I'm here. So <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> So before we get into the crest, the questions here on the couch, I named this the year of transitions. So earlier in the episode, I talked about, you know, some of my transitions and where I've been in 2022. So have there been any transitions in your life? Yes, yes. So I moved to Pennsylvania this year, this February, started over in a new place, which I've done before. So it wasn't something completely new, but during a pandemic and um, yeah, just like as the world spirals out of control <laughs> throughout 22, it's been a lot Yeah, just to find community again. Um, so yeah, that's been a huge transition. Um, what else? Also just like finding my footing professionally and like creatively. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm trying to accept the fact that I don't have to pigeonhole myself to one lane per se and so I'm considering just how I can be as creative as possible um combining all my different gifts and skills so amen amen to that mm -hmm. and we're only a couple of weeks away from your birthday so do we have any plans hey. <laughs> um I might be going to Philly for my birthday okay friend and um other than that i usually keep it real low-key on my birthday actually yeah like i spend a lot of time just catching up with family and friends and the phone or facetime and just like i don't know take personal time for myself to just i don't know like affirm that i'm still here like you're still here like despite all the stuff uh, coming against quibbling you're still here like yes Yes! <laughs> so is, is that a Gemini thing to not really make a big deal about birthdays? Because every Gemini in my life is that way. They're always like, you know, it's just mm. real. Like for me, I have to get up and travel to a different city, a different country for my birthday every year. And my Geminis are all like, I mean, you know, it's gonna be located. <laughs> I don't know, because I, I, I feel like I'm an atypical Gemini because I'm more reflective, I guess. But I'm not an introvert. 
that's the thing. Like, I don't like being alone too often. Um, and there are like, more often than not, I get recharged by other people's energy. So yeah. that's very extroverted. But I'm super reflective. So I need time to just pause and like center, filter out all the distractions. But that's not very Gemini. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, Gemini's love distractions. So I'm not sure what that's about. <laughs> So I'm realizing I need to get into the questions because with you talking about how you're not an introvert, you like made me have all these questions because I've always thought that you were an introvert. So I'm mm. like, that's a whole conversation we need to have mm. offline because now I'm like very intrigued. Like, <laughs> you're not an introvert. No. All this time I've known you, like, okay. So yeah, so we have two questions. Now, mind you, with mm. the podcast being off since December of last year, there are quite a few questions that have been okay. submitted in that time. Okay. Because, of course, the Misfits didn't know when the show was coming back. So, gotcha. you know. Okay. Um, so, okay. there were a lot of questions, but I just chose these two. Okay, cool. So, we're going to start with the first one, which comes from Marlon. So, thank you for submitting, Marlon. And okay, this Marlon. question is, my family is torn about my sexuality. My mother and my sisters are always nice when I come around but they don't want me to talk about if I'm if I'm dating or anything else about being gay. My pop and little brother are both okay with it and let me be myself whenever I'm around them. This makes things tense whenever I come around cause my dad is very protective of me. And when he sees I'm uncomfortable around the women in our family, it changes the mood. I love my family, but I don't want to be the reason for tension. What do you think that I should do? Mm. Thank you for sharing that very, very vulnerable yet relatable question. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I have spoken with a lot of queer folks, Black queer folks over the years who have been in a similar predicament where their families aren't necessarily rejecting them, but also aren't necessarily embracing them either. Right. And so they're sort of in this like liminal space of, well, y'all tolerate me and you know that I'm queer, but you really don't want to know anything about my life. And so the distance is still there emotionally, you know, like it's very clear that there's this gulf. Um, I would say first and foremost, what stood out to me is like the part about not wanting to be the source of tension. Don't blame yourself. Their issues with your sexuality are their issues. Yeah. Not your issues. <laughs> you know, you didn't create a heteronormative world that tries to erase queerness and um, sort of stigmatize that and make it taboo. That's not your fault. That's, that's the nature of our society. So um, don't blame yourself for any type of disconnect that you feel. Um, but also I think um, really leaning into chosen family, which is something that I have, I have grown to appreciate more and more. Like I think before conflicts in my own family, I like love the notion of queer, of chosen family in theory. Mm -hmm. But like the more you get into family stuff, <clears throat> you start <laughs> really realizing how special it is. Like. You know, we cannot stick to this heteronormative notion that family is just your blood relatives. Absolutely. So really, really nurture those relationships with people who 
make you feel seen, affirm who you are, and don't try to limit you, and don't try to make you feel pressured to compartmentalize who you are. Like they let you be as expansive and um, yeah, as completely yourself as you can. I think mm -hmm. that is that is the true definition of love and family. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for that, Araya. And also thank you, Marlon, for submitting that question. And as Araya said, thank you for being so vulnerable, you know, mm -hmm. and um, trusting this healing space to be able to ask that question. So the next person, uh, they're anonymous. <clears throat> of course, I have their email address, but I wouldn't share that. Mm -hmm. um, we'll just move forward with their anonymity. And their question is, I don't like going out to clubs anymore, but my friends do. I'm in a different part of my life now and not really into all that, even though I'm only in my late 20s. I bring up doing stuff like go-karts and top golf and wine tasting, but they think all of those things are boring. The city I live in isn't really small, but it's not a lot of options for new friends, especially not black ones. I used to have a lot of fun with my friends, but they seem satisfied with where they are and I want more. I don't know what to do. Hmm. Thank you for submitting this question. I think I'm seeing a common thread between this question and the previous one in that they both sort of they both sort of focus on um, this unspoken um, grievance with somebody you're close to and you don't want to cause tension. There might be some people pleasing wrapped up in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it can be worth pointing out to people how you're expected to accommodate them and um, center their needs while your own needs are neglected. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you are with, with those friendships in terms of setting boundaries and like having those type of heart to heart discussions, but it can be really helpful if you can get through, that can sort of spare you from having to like completely end the friendship. And so maybe it might be worth addressing. Yeah. Just, hey, like maybe because all of y'all have similar interests, similar personalities, like y'all are very comfortable with going out and this routine, the social routine, but I'm kind of left on my own because I'm not really enjoying it. And I'm wondering if y'all could try something new with me or like mix yeah. it up every once in a while. Um, and just reminding people that your request is not asking them to completely change their life. It's right. just to, you know, for once, incorporate things that you like doing. And that's what mm -hmm. you've been doing for them. Mm -hmm. There are <clears throat> there are two different things that I thought of when I read this question. The first one was, I know for me, I'm not sure about you, but I have different sets of friends. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like, I have friends who like to party. So for those people, I'm not going to be, you know, asking them to come to lounges and things of that nature. Exactly. <laughs> I have friends that love amusement parks or jumping mm -hmm. out of planes and things of that nature. They like mm -hmm. more adventurous stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I'm going to call on when I want to go do those things. Mm -hmm. So it's like I have different groups of people that I can hang out with for different things. Mm -hmm. So I would say to this person, you may want to see, you know, within this small city, if there are any other people that kind of speak to what it is that you like to do. Um, and mm -hmm. so those friends who don't really want to do those things, maybe that's where you're supposed to have them. Um, mm -hmm. But another thing, because I, you know, I also take into consideration that they say that it's not really that big of a city and they don't have a lot of options of other people they can meet. So in that mm -hmm. instance, another thing that I would throw out is maybe you've outgrown the city, you know? Whew. 
Yes. And you're in your late 20s now, and it may be time for you to transition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there, there may be new chapters for you that are beyond the borders of where you live. Mm -hmm. So you may want to take that into consideration as well. I think that actually could be a really good inroad to that conversation too, like getting people's feel like, have y'all ever thought about living somewhere else? Like, I don't know, like, what are y'all's thoughts around that? And if you get a sense that everybody else is very comfortable where they are, you know that you have a, a generally a different perspective on like what, or a value system on like what is fine, what is worthwhile. Um, so, but that's, that's actually a brilliant observation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, uh, yeah, so it's funny because at the beginning of the show, I talked about how I don't know when I'm going to have another episode. Mm -hmm. But doing, the, I, all, I really enjoy, I mean, it's only been two times now, but I enjoy doing this with you. I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. And it makes me want to, like, <laughs> so I have, I don't know if you've ever listened, but I have episodes called A Brief Healing. Mm -hmm. They're like much smaller. So mm -hmm. usually episodes of The Healing Space are about an hour to two hours long. Mm -hmm. And when I do a brief healing, it's no longer than 15, 20 minutes. Got you. And doing this with you just makes me want to have a brief healing where that's just the episode. <laughs> answering questions yeah. from people. And I'm sure it's much more manageable for you as someone, as a person who's doing the editing and all that stuff and like the production, like. Oh, you understand. <laughs> lighten your load, lighten your load. Oh, you understand. Lord, wow, yeah, because that plays a part in why there haven't been any episodes this year. <laughs> I'm always thinking about that when I talk to creatives. I'm like, mm -hmm, this is what you do and this is what we see, but I know as somebody who has my own stuff going on, how much time you put in behind the scenes. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> are you well? Are you well? Listen, are, are you, you well? well? <laughs> this creative Ooh. stuff won't keep you well sometimes. Will not, will not, which is why, you know, I had made a decision that this episode, this episode goes up the very last day of May mm -hmm. and I'm getting off of social media for the entire month of June Good for um, you. because I'm like, I just have to pour into me again. Mm. And it's been a minute since I've had a break, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm mm -hmm. like, since I've transitioned up here back to Maryland, DC, the Maryland, DC area, I haven't had a break at all mm -hmm. you know it's mm -hmm. either i'm doing my job or i'm mm -hmm. teaching yoga or and it's just like it's i don't much. have any raven time at all yeah 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 attention span is is shot <laughs> Whew, yeah we're gonna go misfits because <laughs> <laughs> this is the couch and i now feel like i'm about to go ahead and lay on it <laughs> just talk to Araya. <laughs> Come on over here, baby. Sit down right here, baby. On this couch here. Come on over here. Get all my shit out. But yes, we are going to go. Um, Araya, is there anything that you have coming up that you want to talk about right now? Or Ooh. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, a few things. Um, but only one is confirmed. I think there's going to be a talk coming up on Black Queer health mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be on a panel my angle is of course gonna be mental health so if you're interested in that um look out for a flyer with more details and if they'd like to walk with you on social media how would they find you sure yeah um just follow me at araya baker across platforms so that's a-r-a-y-a-b-a-k-e-r gotcha 
Mm-hmm. All right, Misfits, thank you so much to Araya. Thank you so much to Marland and the anonymous person who sent in their questions. We greatly appreciate you. Thank you for taking some time to sit on the couch and we will be back with good And now it's time for good news. And the good news is THS is back. And THS is back because I've decided that it is going to be a one episode a month show. (laughs) Uh, Right now, I'm knowing my limits. And my limits are, this is once a month. This isn't weekly. This isn't bi-weekly. It's monthly. And I think that where I am right now, I can make that happen. I have guests lined up already, people who have informed me that they would love to be on the show. So I think that means that we're pretty good until the end of the year. I am happy that THS is back. There are some changes that are going to be coming. I'm looking forward to them. And I am thankful for the healing space existing. Outside of me having my own therapist, this is therapy for me. I thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to walk with me or the podcast on social media, you can walk with me, Scorpiogi, on all social media platforms. On IG, my page is private, so you may want to look for my mental health page, which is Raven Akundayo. Uh, the website for Scorpiogi is scorpiogi.com. For the healing space, the website is wertlm.com, and it's THS Podcast pretty much everywhere. I believe on Instagram is underscore THS Podcast. But it's THS Podcast, excuse me, THS Podcast everywhere else. Uh, And for any of you who are listening to this on the actual day that it airs, meaning the day before uh, Friday, which would be the 23rd, on the 23rd of September 2022, uh, some of my good friends, Michael Ward and Josh Jenkins, are going to be hosting uh, Black Gay Stuck at Home. And you know that we are supporters of them. So I just wanted to make sure that you all knew to make sure that you listen and that you support. And that's about that on that. I thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Araya. Thank you to Daryl. Thank both of them for their patience in this episode of the podcast finally getting out. Thank you for five years of healing with me. It means a lot. Thank you to every guest that we've had on this podcast. Everyone from the guests that we had to talk about uh, religious trauma to those who came on to talk about what it's like to be transgendered women to those who are brave enough to share their stories about molestation and rape and what it took for them to be able to share those stories. I thank you for choosing the Healing Space podcast as the place for you to be able to do that. I thank all of you. I thank everyone who has shown up to do black, queer, and unapologetic. (laughs) So I I definitely appreciate, you know, BHW and George and Kennedy and so many of the other people who have been a part of that series that we've had. Um, I just thank you all. I thank you all so much for being on this journey When I first started my life in Atlanta, creating this podcast played a big part in keeping me grounded, especially in that first year when I didn't have a home to call my own. This podcast meant a lot to me. 
And throughout the years, many of you have stuck with it. And I'll be forever grateful for that. So here is to five more years and beyond with the Healing Space podcast. I will catch you all next month. Yep, we will not be taking a break in October as we normally do. (laughs) We'll be back in October. So until then, I love you all. Namaste. Namaste.